Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Australia and welcome to another Tuesday evening teaching. I'm so happy that you've been joining us for these teachings because it's vitally important that we don't just meet at church on a Sunday, but we actually meet through the week and we, we teach and we learn and we experience God every single day. If you're looking for a new church, why don't you come and join us at 9.30 and 3pm at 23 T Peter's We'd love to see you there. We're a friendly church. Preach the word of God, and there's not much else that you really need to be looking for. You want to experience God moving. If you want to see healings, if you want to see miracles take place, come and join us. We'd love to have you. And right now, join me in the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. We start every single meeting with the Lord's Prayer because this was Jesus' model prayer. And let me encourage you, if you were to pray this over your life every morning and every evening, as well as declare that this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it, your attitude and your life will change immensely. So let's pray it now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's his kingdom. It's his power and his glory. We're just the tools that he'll use. The sermon series we're working our way through at the moment is facing the stresses of life with faith. You know, the great spiritual giants of the past were not immune from the problems that plague us in this present day. They face life with faith in a God who is at work at bringing out the good in everything that happens. And today we're talking about the problem of suffering. Last week we spoke about a cure for depression. If you're depressed, go back and have a look at it. But today we're talking about the problem of suffering. The text we're concentrating on is Job 1. 20 and 21. We all know the story of Job. Let, let's have a look at it a little bit more this evening. It says, Then Job arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We know this story. Job lost everything. The devil wanted to tempt him, but he wouldn't deny his faith. Sadly, it's too easy for many of us to deny our faith. Imagine if we went through what Job went through. The scriptures we're working through this evening, and there's a few of them, is Job 1, 1 through to 22, and we're going to read them all. If you've got your Bible, open it up. Let's read it together. These are teachings and lessons that we can all learn something from. I'm reading from the New King James Version. You can read from whichever version you like. And let me encourage you to share these messages with someone because we all go through these battles in life. So Job 1.1 talks about Job and his family in Uz. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Hey man, what an awesome guy. And had seven sons and three daughters born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep. Job was a wealthy man. 3,000 camels, 
500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Well, this is a great family. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them for all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed, or cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. And then Satan comes and attacks Job's character. You know, if we want to call ourselves believers, our character has to be able to carry that. We're in verse 6 now. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that, has, and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, that he will surely curse you and your face. See what Satan's doing here? He's saying, well, Job's only blessed because you're with him, God. Why don't you curse him and see whether he curses you back? Verse 12, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the, Lord, from the presence of the Lord. So the Lord gave Satan the authority to go and test Job. But he said, don't touch him. Don't take his life. Everything he has, you can play with. You can mess with. But don't touch Job. Then Job loses his property and his children. Look at verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. Now we know that's not the fire of God, don't we? While he was still speaking, we're in verse 17, there also came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, three bands, and raided the camels and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another one came. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. And I alone escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped. 
And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Job did not blame God. But how many of us do? When something goes bad, why God? Why? Job didn't do that. Let's pray for offering before we go any further. We pray for the offering every time we meet because we want to make sure the offering is blessed and it's used for God's work. Father, we know the plans you have for us. Lord, strengthen us. Make us truthful, high-minded, courteous, generous, pure. With softened hearts, Lord, have us be like Job, where we will not blame you for our mistakes and the things that happen to us. Lord, we know that we can't do these things ourselves. When we try, we'll mess them up. You've saved us through your death on the cross. Let us grow in grace, Lord. Help us to grow in grace so we can more like you every day that we live. Strengthen us when we're weak. When we're sinful, forgive us. Help us to know that a part of our obedience and grace is learning to bring our finances to the house so that the work of Christ may be continued. Lord, accept our gifts today and put them into the proper places for the greatest effectiveness of the preaching of the gospel of Christ. Make us not only generous givers, Lord, but happy generous givers. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this evening. Amen. The details will be on the screen if you've got your seed and you're ready to sow. Job is the book in the Bible that deals directly with the agonizing problems of human suffering. Who would want to go through what Job went through? The story of Job hits people where they live. Therefore, insights into the story of Job will interest people. The story of Job is an ancient one. Some say that Job lived in the time or during the age of the, the patriarchs. More than likely, the book of Job was written during a time of Judah's national suffering. And the story of Job gives several insights for living in our time right now. First one is life brings many baffling questions, doesn't it? The story of Job is a baffling one. It, it, we have to think about it. It doesn't make sense. Reading the circumstances of Job raises questions. The Lord described Job in Job 1.8. He said, the Lord said to Satan, you have, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. That's an upright. One who fears God and shuns evil. Who doesn't want God to describe them like that? Job was blessed with a great family. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was further blessed with great wealth. Job became a test study in motivation when Satan proposed that Job served the Lord because it brought great dividends, brought great wealth. God permitted these externals the dividends and the wealth and the health to be removed by Satan so Satan could see that Job served the Lord from a, a good motivation. Let me assure you, there's way too many people out there that are doing ministry for their own benefit. If you're paying for prophecy, if you're paying for courses that should be free, 
If you're paying for healings, they're doing it for their own benefit. Should be doing it from good motivation, as Job was. And in quick succession, adversity hit Job. An Arab tribe stole his cattle. A storm destroyed his sheep and his goats. The Chaldeans carried off his camels. This is all happening at the same time. A tornado killed all of his children. Then Job lost his health. In all of these losses, Job never lost his faith in the Lord, though. The story of Job baffles people. Why did Job deserve these tragedies? Didn't it pay him to do good? We've heard that, haven't we? Job must have sinned. The Lord was punishing him. No, no, that's not what it says. Numerous circumstances puzzle our minds. Let's observe some of life's situations. They bring questions to our minds, don't they? Why does a child suffer a brain defect? Why is a young wife and mother killed by a drunk driver? Why is a young doctor beginning an exciting career in surgery diagnosed with leukemia? These and so many other questions baffle our minds and prompt us to ask why. The circumstances of life bring strange questions along sometimes. But fortunately, the book of Job gives us some insight. The second thing we're looking at this evening is the world's thinkers have inadequate answers. If you haven't realised that in the last two and a half years of what the world's been through, it's time to catch up. The world's thinkers don't have answers, and when they do, they're inadequate. The friends of Job did not help him in his dilemma. When you read the whole book, you'll see that three friends of Job, Eliphaz, Bildad and Zophar, heard of Job's problems and they came to visit him. Sounds like a good thing to do, right? And they were shocked when they saw Job. They sat with him in silence for seven days and seven nights. And perhaps the silence was the best comfort they could provide to Job. And when the friends finally spoke, they ceased to comfort him, though. Rather, they proposed that the answer to Job's suffering was, was clear. They, they said that Job had suffered because of his sin. Have you had someone say that to you? The reason you're going through that is because you must have sinned somewhere? His friends were saying, if you just admit and confess the sin in your life, your suffering would cease. But later, another friend, a young man named Elihu, came to visit Job. His proposal was simple. Job's suffering was given by God to refine his character, like gold in the fire. It's also not true. None of Job's four friends provided adequate answers for his suffering. None of them. Life's problems do not need easy answers. Not every circumstance of suffering can be attributed to sin. Some can, but not every. You remember Jesus' observations of the man that was born blind in, in John 9? He would not explain the man's suffering in terms of his sin. He refused to. Furthermore, God does not trouble or it does not give trouble only for the purpose of developing character. Sometimes he tests us, but not only trouble for the purpose of developing character. God may use trouble to develop character, but not every case of suffering can be attributed to that. The purpose of our suffering isn't always to build us 
There's no easy answers to the problems of life. Simple formulas will not fit some of life's circumstances. Yet the book of Job does not end in question, does it? It ends with another insight. That's our third thing this evening. The Lord has a word for us. The reason many of us don't get a word from the Lord is we don't actually read our Bible. and We don't pray. How do we expect him to talk to us? How do we expect to understand his will and what he has for us and what he wants us to do, what he's calling us to be, if we don't read his word and we don't pray, we don't talk to him? The Lord has a word for us. The help for Lord's, for Job's suffering is with a word from God. Job 38.1 Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. God did not appear in order to take away Job's suffering. He said he came to be with Job. I had this discussion with someone just a week or so ago. The Lord come to be with him, not take away his suffering. So whatever you're going through at the moment, maybe you might need to get used to it. The Lord might be with you, but he, he may not take that away from you. Even Paul said he had a, a thorn in his side. He had an affliction. We don't know what it is. He asked the Lord three times to take it away. And his response was, my grace is sufficient for you. So maybe what you're going through, there's a reason for it. He came to Job, the Lord come to Job, to teach Job some lessons on knowledge. The Lord interrogated him, asking hard questions. Were you present at creation? You make the sea? Did you ever cause the sun to rise? Can you explain the rain? God knew that Job could not answer these questions and he couldn't ignore them. God was saying to him, Trust me, I'm God. I was here at the beginning. Job needed to see the might of God in the inadequacies of human beings. You weren't there at the dawn of creation. You can't make the sun rise. You can't explain the rain. You didn't make the sea. Start trusting God. The Lord speaks to us amid life's healing circumstances. Some of the greatest revelation we get is we're in the, when we're in the midst of the storm. And what does the Lord say? Does he tell us that the intellectual reasons for our suffering, does he, does he, actually, does he actually sit down and explain everything to us? No. He doesn't give us answers. Instead, the Lord gives us adequacy of his presence. We don't need to know every minute detail. We just need to understand that his presence is enough. We must be willing to trust in the Lord to take over when we're confronted by situations that are out of our control and that we just do not understand. As we finish up this evening, do you see it? What a person needs amid life's baffling circumstances and situations is not an intellectual answer but the presence of the Lord. We need God more than the intellectuals. Why not let God, this is my challenge for you this evening, why not let God come into your life and start controlling it? Why not start trusting him 
but he has the response that you need, and it is his presence. While you're thinking about that, let me encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time, because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways, because you know, our God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And if you let him, he'll make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God, you know that already, otherwise you probably wouldn't be watching or listening to this. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. This year has been a year of repentance and of blessings. We've got a couple of months to go. And if you want to see those blessings flow in your life, if you're hanging out for a healing or a miracle, let me encourage you, get down on your knees or down on your face and start repenting. Because you may be the roadblock that is stopping that blessing from flowing in your life. And until next time, stay in the blessings.